It's an exciting day to be in church. I'm excited to be here with you as we are continuing our series called The Community Project. We're focusing 30 days on our community. We're talking about what it means to have community, to need community. Your soul needs community. We need the church. We need the church. I hope you hear me. We need the church. But I also think there's a misconception when it comes to the church sometimes. And I want to say this for every person that's new. Maybe you just recently started coming. Maybe someone's invited you, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a family member, somebody you ran into and just gave you an invitation. And, and when you're new and you walk into a church like this, I think you feel like you're late to the game. It's kind of like if you've ever kind of had to switch classes in college and go in, but you missed the first class, or if you missed the beginning of school. Have you ever done that where you walk in and you feel like everybody's 10 steps ahead of you? Everybody's already kind of got this thing figured out called church and faith, and you're walking in wide-eyed, and it's like you feel like the odd man out, and you don't know what's going on. And, and sometimes there's a misconception to walk into a church like this and to think that everybody thinks the same way. That everybody believes the same, but maybe you. You're like, I don't know. I'm just kind of new to this thing. Maybe you're brand new to church. You're, you're exploring God, and you can walk into church and kind of feel like, I think I'm the only one. But that's not true. That's a, a grave misconception about the church, if I could say so myself. In fact, I think that's also been kind of... Uh, I don't know if it's been encouraged by what we've seen sometimes with denominational wars. Well, we believe this here. Well, they believe that. That's why we're over here. That's why we have this name, and that's why we're in this denomination, and they're in that denomination, and they believe that. It's almost like you walk in, and there's this, this thing. Everybody thinks the same. When I was in college, I learned a term, a sociology term for it. It's called groupthink. I don't know if you ever heard that phrase, groupthink, but it literally means that you don't, the idea is you don't think as an individual, but you think as a group. But that's not true. That, that's, that's not what this community is. We don't all think the same. We don't all believe the same. We're, we're all in process. We're all, I, I just want you to understand that. Like within this community, there is a wide array of beliefs. There's a wide array of backgrounds. Within this community, there are some, you should know this, this might put you at ease, there are some who come here because they think by showing up at church that somehow uh, God would have more favor on them than if they didn't come. There's some that come here who don't believe in God. That might shock some of you, but there are, I know that. And then there's some who believe so much they would give their life for what they believe. There are some who come here who know nothing about the Bible. And then there are some who've been in church their whole life that could quote you so many verses your head would spin. There are some who come here who have a lot of doubts about who Jesus is, and there are some who would come here and tell you he's their best friend. I guess what I'm trying to say is that, that the community of faith, we don't all think the same. We're not all believing the same. Like, I don't want you to get that, per, that perspective. And what I'm trying to say ultimately is this. There's a place for you in this community. No matter what you believe, no matter where you're from, no matter where you are, there's a place for you in this community. And you'll hear people all clap to that and they're excited because that's the way we feel. We're not all at the same place on this journey of faith. We need to recognize that. We're all in different places. And so you could, you could be coming here 
And you're not even sure that you would believe that Jesus really is the Son of God. Like, okay, you can believe that he was a real man that walked this earth, but, but not believe he's the Son of God. And I said, that's okay. I'm just glad you're here. And you can just keep coming even if you're not sure you believe that. And listen, I think even if you don't believe that, you can still find incredible value if you begin to put some of the things he said into place in your life. In fact, I promise you this. You become more like Jesus, and your wife won't complain. You don't have to believe. Become more like Jesus. Your husband surely won't complain. Your kids won't complain. Your parents won't complain. Become more like Jesus. I, I can promise you that. And so here's this thought about, about faith I want to talk about, and that is this. That faith is intended to be experienced, listen to me, in community. It's intended to be embraced in community. Faith does not exist in a bubble. Faith does not just exist in your head. Faith does not just exist in your heart. But faith was intended from the very beginning to be experienced inside of community. Here, I can show you this. Jesus was asked one time, what's the most important thing to do? What matters most to God? And he gave a two-part answer. He said, love God. Okay, okay, I get that. Love God with everything you have. And then he said the second part is like this. Love your neighbor as yourselves. You see, faith is not just a personal. It's not just you and God. It's not just you and what you think and what you believe and checking some box off in some religious category. But faith is intended to be experienced in community. Love God, love people. It's intended for you to experience it in community. I think sometimes we lose sight of that. We think that belief is, is like a, something that's personal. It is kind of personal, but it's not private. It's meant to be experienced. I want to talk today about the process of faith. Some of you might feel like this is a little bit elementary, but I think sometimes we don't fully understand this in the context of community. I want to talk about there's a process to faith. Faith doesn't just happen in a single moment. I think sometimes we categorize it that. We, we think, well, faith, that's, you came to faith that moment you prayed a prayer. We think faith is a moment. Faith initiates in a moment. And yes, there is a moment when sometimes you make the decision. See, that's, but, but here's the thing. Faith starts before the decision. It's a process. I, I want to teach you about a process. Uh, uh, come on, we all say we're in process. I'm in process. I'm also in the process of faith. And Jesus was constantly inviting people into this process. He was inviting them into it. I, I want to show you something today. If you brought a Bible, if you have a Bible, go ahead and grab it with me or electronic device. And I, I want to I show you one of these invitations. Jesus invited a guy named Matthew. We're going to turn to his account. It's in the New Testament. In fact, it's the very first letter of the book in the New Testament called Matthew. And Jesus was always inviting people into the process of faith. And that's what I want to show us today. What does that look like? And one specific invitation was to a guy named Matthew that was not a very popular guy, though, though he ended up being one of Jesus' disciples. In Matthew chapter 9, I, I want to read to you verses 9 through 13. This is the moment when Jesus met Matthew. And, and I want you to hear the invitation. Pay attention to the invitation. It says in Matthew 9 verse 9, it says, As Jesus went on from there... He saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Now notice these two words. He said what? Everybody say them out loud. He said, follow 
me. Come on, say it again. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and he followed him. While Jesus, it says in verse 10, was having dinner at Matthew's house. Now that's funny to me. Hey, follow me, Matthew. Where are we going? Your house. I don't know how to get there, so you're going to have to lead the way, but follow me. I mean, it's confusing, right? Follow me. He's at Matthew's house. It says that many tax collectors, must have been all of Matthew's buddies, his friends, and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, here's the religious, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? That's not what proper people do. That's, that's not what us religious people do. That's what he said. Why, why does he eat with... Now, it's funny because Jesus either overheard this or because he has supersonic hearing. He, he, he responded in verse 12. He said, on hearing this, Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. I love this passage. Matthew is a publican. Um, not a Republican, I have to say that, because then you're like, oh, I didn't know we were in the same party. No, that's not what it means. It means Matthew was a tax collector. He was a tax gatherer. In other words, he worked for Rome, and the Roman Empire had really dominated the nation of Israel. They were not a free state, a free nation, but they were living and, and operating under the Roman Empire, and so they would have to pay taxes. Now, Rome Rome would allow you, if they would dominate you, to kind of keep your own culture as long as you paid them money, taxes. And so what they would do is they would hire people from that nation, Jews, who would work for them, who would then get the tax out of their own people. And for this very reason, the other Jews, the Israelites, hated tax collectors more than anybody else. Oftentimes they were traitors, they, would, they were thieves, they would, they would take more than they were supposed to. They had the authority to take from and give to Rome. And, and so there was, in their minds, if you were a Jew, people like Matthew, there was a special place reserved in hell for people like Matthew. Do you, you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you see some people and you're like, there's a special place for you. You know, that, that's the way they felt about Matthew. And Jesus walks up to Matthew, and I imagine everybody's like, oh. Is he going to pay the taxes? Because they would put these booths in very popular areas where everybody would walk. And if you had to cross a bridge, you get into a town. Or, and, and so Jesus walks up. Is he going to pay? Is he going to pay? No. He, he looks at Matthew. Instead of paying his taxes, he turns and he says, hey, follow me. Follow me. He gives him this is, this is the invitation, by the way, into the process of faith I want to talk about today. Two words, follow me. What does it mean to follow Jesus? I think sometimes, as I said earlier, we categorize it as praying a prayer. You know, are you Jesus? I prayed this prayer once. I went, I went to camp when I was 12, and they were like, some preacher was talking about going to hell if you don't follow Jesus, and I don't want to go to hell, so I prayed a prayer. So I guess I'm a Christian. You know what I mean? Like sometimes we think to follow Jesus is this idea that you're to pray a prayer to get you out of hell. Or some would say it's to pick a box, a category of religion, so that if you're asked, you say, I'm a Christian. Okay? This is what we think it means to, to follow Jesus. But, but I don't think that was kind of what Jesus invited him to. Jesus said, follow me. And 
What he was doing was he would go around to some people and he would gather them and he, and he would gather these guys and he would look at some fishermen and some business owners and a tax collector like, like Matthew and he would say, hey, follow me. He didn't say believe in me, he said follow me. And so what he did was he gathered a group of guys who would follow him and so this guy Matthew came into one of the 12. Now, this was a topic or a phrase, a title for, for this group of guys that followed Jesus. And so it's almost, I want you to get this picture, that Jesus was inviting Matthew into an invitation to be part of a community. It wasn't an invitation to do it on his own. It wasn't an invitation to figure out who Jesus was on his own. But it was an invitation to, hey, God, hey there's already a bunch of guys following me. Come on, jump in, Rank. Just jump in. Jump into the group. I'm inviting you into my small group. I'm inviting, just follow me. And he would invite him as an invitation to be part of a community. I want to talk about some steps. I, I want to give you some steps to the process of faith. And I want us to understand this because I think sometimes we're even confused. You can be in church for 20 years and be confused about this. There's a process of faith that God, through Jesus, invites us into. And the first step, if you're going to take notes, write this down. The first step is to belong. Belong. In fact, I want everybody to say that word with me out loud. Say it. Belong. Come on, say it again. Belong. The very first step is belong. That, that's the, the invitation. Do you know that you can belong to a faith community even if you're not sure what you believe. A lot of people don't know that. In fact, I think about the two words that were recorded. By the way, Matthew was the one that recorded these two words. I think he would know really well what Jesus said to him. And the two words that he said to him don't have a list of prerequisites. He just said, follow me. There wasn't a, hey, Matthew, if you clean up your act a little bit, you can follow me. Hey, Matthew, if you believe who I am, you can follow me. Hey, Matthew, if you stop cussing like a sailor, you can follow me. Hey, Matthew, if you leave your job, you can follow me. He, he didn't say all that. He just said two words. Matthew recorded it. Follow me. That's it. Two simple words. There's no prerequisites. Why does Jesus say it this way? Why does God feel this way? Why is it that you can belong to a community of faith and you're not even sure what to think or what to believe? Here's why. Because God loves you. Because God's heart and desire is for you to be part of a faith community. Because you matter to God and therefore you matter to us. And that's why you can belong without knowing anything, without understanding anything, before you change or experience anything. Listen, it's because you matter to God, and you matter to us. You can belong to a community of faith if you have an alcohol problem. Did you know that? You can belong to a community of faith if you just walk through a divorce. You can belong to a community of faith if you're living with somebody in a lifestyle that's not pleasing to God or your parents. You can belong even if you're not even sure you believe that God exists. You can, I mean, th now, now, this seems crazy, but 
The reason why this has often been a struggle for people is because a lot of people have been told a lot of times, and people think that you have to behave in order to belong. Behave, live a certain way, wear certain things, talk a certain way, read a certain something, then you can belong. Get your act together, then we'll let you in. Listen, the reason why this idea, this thought about you got to behave to belong, you got to conform to belong, the reason why this thought exists is not because of Jesus, but because of the church. Jesus did not give prerequisites. He, he just invited people and he said, follow me. He invited people like Peter, a fisherman, a loud mouth, arrogant, put his foot in his mouth, swearing, cussing fishermen to come and follow him. And the reason why today I think so many people think, oh no, I, I don't fit in there. I, I don't think I can. In fact, if I walk through the doors of your church, lightning would surely strike. If you've ever heard someone say that, I've had people tell me that. The reason why is because they've heard this message before, and it's sad, but it's come from the church in the past that you have to behave before you belong. Can I just say this? You can belong here if you don't dress like me, if you don't think like me, if you don't look like me, if you don't, you don't live like me, you can belong here. Even if you got tattoos, and even if you got piercings, and even if you got drunk on Friday night, and even if you were high yesterday, you can belong to this faith community because you don't need to behave to belong. It's going to ruffle some feathers for some really religious. By the way, here's, when you sit in a message like this and that kind of thing bothers you, that's when you start to realize you're more religious than more like Jesus. Ooh, I better back up. Some people are going to get mad. I, I, remember, I remember inviting this woman. This was long before we even had this building in Lithopolis. And uh, I, I was walking around inviting inviting some people who were neighbors to our church. And I walked up to, to this lady, and uh, I started to have a conversation with her. I said, we're, we're in this church right over here, and I'd love to invite you to come. And she hesitated, and she was like, okay, well, I, she, she was really struggling with it. And I was like, well, why don't you come? She's like, I, I don't know. Just church doesn't seem to be a good fit for us. And I said, why do you think that? And she said, well, we went to a church once. In fact, I took my son because He's going down the wrong path, and she can tell as a mom. You know when you're a mom, you know you can just watch your kid make some really bad decisions. And, and, and she said, we went to this church, and I, and I won't mention the type of church. And she said, um, the pastor gave an opportunity for, for people that want to give their life to Christ, and my son wanted to do that at 16 years old. He realized he needed something. He'd been doing everything the world offers, and it wasn't enough. And, and so they were really excited about it, and they came back to church the second week. And before the service was over, the pastor came over to the mom and said, I'm really glad that you're here, and I'm glad that your son's here. But if you want to come back to this church, you need to tell your son he needs to take his earrings out. And guess what? They never came back to church. And we wonder why, why the world around us thinks I don't, I don't belong there because I don't look like everyone else. 
And because my life is a little bit of a mess or because I happen to like tattoo and it seems like they're against it or I happen to like this and they seem to be against it, we wonder why, why so many people in the world around us say, I don't want to go to church. But I'm, I'm here to tell you today that you can belong to this community in the same way that Jesus would look at you if you were a tax collector because the tax collector are the lowest of the low in the community. They're the people that, that even other sinners didn't often want to hang out with. And if Jesus would look at a guy named Matthew who seems like a traitor to the rest of the nation and he says follow me in fact let's go to your house let's hang out let's have dinner invite your friends to come over if Jesus will do that then why in the world won't the church of Jesus Christ be willing to say come on you can belong here you can join us on Sunday even if you don't believe you can join us on the weekend even if you don't believe I think you'll still find value in some of the messages. It'll help you be a better spouse. It'll help you be a better parent. It'll help you with your finances if you would just embrace it. You can come and not understand anything, and you don't have to sing the songs. Just enjoy the music. We got a great band. At least it's not bad. It's good music. They're great. I hate crappy music, and I hate it even worse in church. You can belong to a small group even if you aren't sure what you believe. And I pray that you can find some friends in this community even if you're not sure what you believe. You can join us in serving our community. You can join us in when we give 10% of what we give, we're gonna, we put right back into reaching people beyond the walls of our church, making an impact. We're gonna have some amazing things planned for this fall. We're gonna do some things that you haven't seen us do, some cool stuff, and we're gonna change things up this holiday season. We got some amazing things planned that we're gonna spend tens of thousands of dollars, just like we did in Impact Week when we spent over $50,000 that we gave away to ministry partners, to people in the community that are making a difference. We're gonna give away tens of thousands more coming up this holiday. You can be part of that. Something exciting about being part of something bigger than just yourself. You can come. You can be part of that. You, listen, you, you can belong even if you don't believe. But I'm going to warn you. If you hang out here long enough and you listen to enough of who Jesus is and you experience enough of like, what is this thing? You may just one day believe. Because that's the second step in the process of faith is to believe. First is to belong, then it's to believe. Everybody say the word believe out loud. Say it, believe. First we belong, but, but then we, we begin to believe. And, and I just, wa just want to warn you because um, that might happen to you. And so if you're new, um, I want to encourage you, like, this all feels strange. Maybe you don't have an experience in church. It's all different. It's, uh, I just want to say three words, just keep coming. Just can we all say it out loud? Repeat that with me. One, two, three. Just keep coming. We ought to say that to every first-time guest that walks through the doors of our church as a church. Just keep coming. Come on, say it with me again. Just keep coming. Because listen, you just keep coming, something's gonna start to change inside of you. And it's something you're gonna like. You're going to start to see some people, and the way they approach life is going to be so inspiring. You're going to see people going through the hardest things you can even imagine, and yet for some reason, they've got joy inside of them. Some reason, they got a peace. There's some people that are facing a diagnosis that, listen, it doesn't even scare them because they're confident of where they're going to go if something happens, and so you're going to see that and be around that, and it's going to be inspiring, and then you might get to the point where you're going to make a decision 
about faith. Or let me describe it this way, a leap of faith. In the process of faith, there comes a moment when you'll just have to step out and not know what you're going to stand on. Reminds me of the scene, I I love this scene uh, from an old classic movie, Indiana Jones. Y'all see it? I like that. I was like, yes, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I love that scene. I love that moment right before he's about to get the chalice, the cup that Jesus might have drank from, and there's a huge chasm, and he's only got clues and how to get across, and he has to take a leap of of faith. And what does that mean? He has to step out into this chasm and he doesn't know if it's going to hold him. He doesn't know if he's going to drop. He can't see anything. But the moment he steps, he feels something sure. Can I tell you, that's what it's like to make a decision of faith. I'm not going to lie to you. It's a leap of faith. In other words, you're not going to have all these questions answered. And you're going to be like, but I, I don't know that I, I've been always been told this science and this is the reason why. And I don't know what I can believe about God. And so you're going to struggle and you're going to be like, I'm just not sure. I have doubts. I understand that. But you're going to get to a place if you just keep coming where everything inside of you is going to be screaming, I want to leap. I want to jump. I want to believe. I want to get there. It's just so scary. And I understand it's scary. But there's going to come a moment or a point Well, you're just going to have to make a decision. Either you're all in or you're not. It's going to. Do you know that that moment came for Jesus' disciples, but it wasn't the moment Jesus invited them to follow him? Do you know that it was just an honor to have a guy like Jesus who was seen like a rabbi to invite you to follow him and be his disciple? That's why a lot of them would leave their jobs and leave the tax booth and leave this. Because it was like an honor in their culture. But, But none of them believed at the moment that he really probably was the son of God. They just were invited to belong, to follow him. In fact, there was this one specific moment, it was real specific. They had just watched, and Matthew records this, had just watched Jesus feed 5,000 men plus women and children with five loaves of bread and a few fish. They saw this incredible miracle, and then Jesus made them get in a boat and sail across the sea. And nighttime came, and they were all by themselves, and this massive storm came, and waves are rocking the boat, and they they can't get anywhere, and they're stuck, and they're fear for their lives. When all of a sudden they look over, and they see Jesus walking on the water. Again, this is crazy. I know some of you go, I can't believe that. That's fine. That's fine. I'm just telling you what Matthew, a guy who was in the boat, recorded. This, This is Matthew writing this down. He was there. You might not believe, don't believe me, but I'm just telling you, Matthew wrote this down. And so Matthew would record this, and then, and then there was this whole moment where Peter, remember the loudmouth Peter, the one, he was like, well, I want to do that. And she's like, all right, come on. And he takes a step or two on the water, and then he begins to sink. You've heard the story maybe if you've been in church. And I want, I want you to hear what happened the moment Jesus and Peter got back into the boat. Matthew 14, verses 32 and 33, it says, and when they climbed into the boat, again, a miracle happened. The wind died. Now, some would go, well, that's coincidence. Mm, not really. The wind died, and it says, then those who were in the boat, because they saw Jesus walk on the water, and then the wind died. It says they worshiped him, saying, truly you are the Son of God. In other words, they had a moment where all of a sudden they're going, I think he really is. I think, it's, I think he is the Son of God. I don't think he's just an ordinary rabbi. I don't th- he invited us to follow him. I have no idea what it I'm telling you, he's more than that. They had a moment 
when they were in the boat, they had a moment, a crisis. They had this moment when all of a sudden Jesus showed up in their moment of crisis, and all of a sudden they realized, I think he really is the real deal. Now, my, my, my prayer for all of you, if you haven't, is that you have a boat moment one day in our church. See, you, you can come and be around a bunch of other people who, who believe, but oftentimes until you have a moment or maybe even a moment of crisis when all of a sudden God's going to show up or you're going to experience his presence in a way you never have or you're going to come into church and you're going to be struggling but for some reason something's just going to overcome you. You don't even know what it is. You don't understand why you're feeling this way inside. You don't understand why you're crying during the song. You don't understand why. And I'm telling you, it's the presence of God. And, and I pray that you have a boat moment where all of a sudden you realize, I think he really is the real deal. And the moment that happens, let me encourage you, here's what you do. You pray this prayer of surrender. The moment you realize who he is, this is the step of belief. Romans 10.9 says this, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Something happens when you just declare with your mouth. That's why a lot of times I will give that opportunity, as I will today. I'll give that opportunity that if you want to really get into this journey, if you really want to begin this process with Jesus, you do it oftentimes with a prayer. There's a confession. It's not the words that matter as much as it is. It's declaring something you're starting to believe in your heart. I, I believe you, you really are. And by the way, this will be scary. And this will, moment will not answer all your questions. They don't all go away. Your doubts don't all disappear the moment you take a step. But what you will experience as you take a leap into the unknown is something sure will come up under you. Something will come to life inside of you. Your faith begins to breathe a little bit. What was dead inside starts to come alive inside. And all of a sudden, you're going to begin to start to experience some things happen inside of you. You belong. You can belong without behaving. You can belong not even sure what you believe, but my prayer is the more you belong and the more you connect and the more you get involved in this community, you experience real things, not fake things. That there's going to be a moment where then you're going to believe. And then after you believe, now listen, here's the process of faith. Here's the third part of the step. That's when you become Everybody say that word out loud. Say it with me. Become. Say it again. Come on, say it again. Become. Listen, you belong. This is a process. I'm talking about the process of faith. Then you believe. There'll come a moment. Then you can become something better than you were before. To become something. Do you know that God wants to give you a better life than you could ever imagine? I didn't say a life filled with riches. I didn't say a life filled with total comfort. I said a better life. The reason why you come to a community like this on a Sunday and people are so excited and why they're clapping and why they're celebrating who Jesus is because they have witnessed what I have witnessed in my life and that is that I have become something better and I'm living a better life than I could on my own. It's a process. Listen to me. 
It doesn't happen overnight. This has long been the, 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 the mental problem that so many have. I prayed this prayer and then I went to work and then I struggled. I said these words and then I left, but then I doubts. I said these words, but then I struggle with anger still. And some of you go, but I still struggle with lust or I still struggle to cut myself because of emotional pain or I still struggle with all these things. Listen, that's okay. But if you will submit yourself to him and the process, what he wants to do is give you something better than all of those things. Not a fake thing. I think sometimes there's this thought, there's this, okay, well, I've come to church and I guess I prayed this prayer and so I got to be something now. Don't do that. that. That's how we've had a lot of fake hypocrites in the church. Don't, don't, don't come and just like, well, I, I guess I got to behave. I guess I can't say those words. I guess I can't do this. I guess, I, and you know what, why? Because in your mind and in your heart, all of a sudden fear is going to rise up and you're going to start to your think, I don't measure up. I'm not good enough. I can't follow all the rules. Jesus never invited you to follow a bunch of rules. He invited you to follow him in a relationship, not just rules. Well, I can't follow all these rules. Don't worry. There are no rules. Just a relationship with him. And let him make you into something better. Now listen, in order to become something better, I'm going to tell you this. You're probably going to have to leave something behind. You probably have to leave something behind. But I don't want you to, to be afraid because you, I think a lot of times we've, we've got this expectation of what a good Christian is what a good church person is. And I got to fit all the, I got to check all the boxes. I got to do all that. No, 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 you don't. And first of all, you don't have to do that by yourself. That's what a community of faith is for. You don't become someone different on your own. You do it with the help of Jesus and this community. You're never going to become something by yourself. Like I got to fix me. No, you can't fix you. I can't fix me, but he can fix me with the help of us. And so we do it in community, but listen to me. Matthew walked away from his tax booth, not because he had to, not because of rules, not because of, well, you need to stop doing these things, not because of all that. He walked away from his tax booth because he had a better offer. I, I wish you would see it this way. To follow Jesus doesn't mean I gotta follow a bunch of rules, but what it means is that he wants to offer you a better way to live, a better life than you've ever experienced before. Not what the world has to offer, because the world has, okay, money and greed and sex and promiscuous lifestyle and do what I wanna do and drink and every weekend. and get, Listen, that's what the world has to offer. And as long as you hold on to that, it will hold on to you and it will enslave you and it will destroy your life and it will trap you. And after a while, you'll feel like, I can't get out of this. But what Jesus came to offer you is something so much better than that. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. That's what he offers us. And so you can belong. And my prayer is one day, and maybe it's today, you're going to believe. And then you just in this process, because listen, I'm in this process. Now here's it. From that moment on, you will spend the rest of your life becoming someone better through the help of Jesus. The rest of your life. 
That's why you'll hear us use terms like a journey of faith. Or we'll say when people, you prayed this prayer, that was that beginning moment of believing, but, but there's a journey, there's steps to take. And what's going to happen over time is that he's going to change you and he's going to make you into a different person. He helps us become someone better. By the way, that someone better is what your kids are longing for, what your spouse wants to see, what the world is craving to see. Do you know, do you know this guy, Matthew, that writes this account that had this encounter with Jesus? You know that the name that he was living and given at birth was actually a different name. He was known as Levi. But it was after his encounter with Jesus that Jesus renamed him Matthew. Matthew means the gift, the gift of Yahweh, the gift of the Savior, the gift. It was like Jesus was pulling him from this life that he was in, stuck by a simple two-word invitation, follow me. It was like not only did God give him a gift, but I think he became and gave us a gift in what he shared with us. And I'm saying that's part of the become. A verse I absolutely love from the New Testament, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. That only happens through him. And so I don't know where you are in this process of faith, but I want you to know that we're all in a different place and we all have another step to take, myself included. I'm on this journey and I wanna become more like Jesus and less like the person that I was before. And I hope that you're on this journey. And if you're not sure, belong. Just come on. Just come. Just enjoy the benefits of coming and being part of this community. But my prayer is, and maybe even today, that this is that moment where you take that step, a leap of faith to believe. Come on, would you bow your heads and will you pray with me today? God, I, I thank you for your love and your patience and your graciousness to invite us into a process of faith. God, I'm, I'm in process. We've been saying it through this whole series. I'm a project. You're working on me. And I believe that God right now, by the power of your spirit, you're working on, on people in our church. I believe right now as, as I'm praying that there's some of you today that maybe this is that moment of making a decision to believe. That you've been coming, you've come, you've enjoyed coming, being part of this. You've had a lot of questions. But I wonder if something inside of you today is that part screaming, say, I want to believe. I want to accept. I want to embrace. Now listen, it doesn't mean throwing away every question that you have. But sometimes there's that thing inside of you, and that thing is called faith that's rising up inside of you, saying, that's me. And if you will declare Jesus as your Lord... Not, not just to add him to your life, but make him the Lord of your life. Surrender to him. Ask him, God, I, I surrender, I believe, like they had that moment in the boat. Truly you are the Son of God. If you will declare that and believe it in your heart, not only will you be saved, but listen, you will become something that he wants you to be. And it is so much better. I, I, just want, I believe there are some right now today that that's a, it's time for you to make that decision. It's time for you to make this decision right now. With all our heads bowed and eyes closed in this moment, if you're here today and you say, I want to pray this prayer, I want to choose to believe, I'm going to take that leap today, I want to ask you right now on the count of three, if you would just boldly slip your hand up in the air for just a second so I can see who you are today. On the count of three, if that's you, one, two, three, slip your hand up in the air if that's you today. Just hold it up real quick if that's you. Praise God. Anybody else today? 
If that's you today, just say, that's me. Count me in. Count me in today on that prayer. Man, if that's you, you can put your hands down. Will you just pray, pray this prayer with me? This is your confession. You say, today, Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. I believe that you rose from the dead. I believe you are the Son of God, and I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Today, I, I, in this journey, I give you my life. In this process of faith, I say, I believe. Now would you help me? Help me to become the person that you want me to be. I'm going to follow you for the rest of my life. And I pray these, and I pray these words by the condition of my heart and through the lens of faith today. I, I give you my life. Fill me with your spirit. And I pray these things in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. amen. Come on, let's just praise God for those that prayed that prayer today in our church.